This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. has 6 million cone cells which are sensitive to a narrow band of the electromagnetic spectrum, known as the visible light spectrum. The frequency of each wavelength your eye perceives determines the specific color that you see. On another note, have you ever smelled something that instantly reminded you of someone or something from your childhood? Yes. That's because smell is the only sense that is directly connected to the part of our brain that is responsible for forming our earliest memories, allowing you to link smells with certain seasons of your life. Mirror neurons are a specific type of nerve cell that exists in our brain to help us empathize and reflect what others around us are doing and feeling. They exist so that we can learn from others and develop social harmony. We have been clearly designed by God, not only to survive in the world around us, but to experience it fully with our human brains, our bodies, and our eternal souls. God has gifted us with the human experience, which allows us to see, taste, feel, and explore the world around us. But what does this all mean? God is in pursuit of us. He is in pursuit of all humans. First, let's examine the character of God as the seeker. Throughout scripture, God reveals himself as the one who is seeking. In John 4.23, Jesus describes the Father seeking after those who will worship him in spirit and truth. In Luke, God is compared to a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep to seek the lost one, to a woman who frantically searches her house to find the lost coin. In Matthew, God is compared to a merchant who is in search of fine pearls, and when he finds them, sells everything that he has to buy them. The Most High, all-knowing, all-sufficient, is chasing after our hearts. In the eyes of God, we are the precious pearl worth so much that he would give his only son just for a chance to be with us in eternity. It's almost incomprehensible how the everlasting God would embark on such a fervent pursuit for the hearts of those that he created. Now, I was raised in a Muslim home, so when I found God, learning to comprehend this desire of his was literally mind-blowing. It is unprecedented. It is unfound in any other religion. The God who wants relationship with you. The God who seeks first. Yet our Father goes further. Not only does he seek the hearts of humans, he desires to woo us. As a bridegroom desires to win over the heart of his bride. The Old Testament book of Isaiah is rich with the analogy of God as our lover. This is the closest picture that life can offer to express the passionate longing that he has for intimate relationship with us. Isaiah 62, 5 says, As a young man marries a young woman, so your builder, capital B, 
marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Okay, so we've clarified that God pursues us. What does this have to do with the human eye? God is a seeker. He is a bridegroom who wants to woo us through our human experience of one, nature, and two, our emotions. So first, God has given us the power and the gift of knowing him through the world around us, through creation. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. The worship team articulated this so well. When we look at the vastness of creation, whether that be a mountaintop or the fine etches of rings in a tree, we cannot help but feel that we are part of a greater story. A story that does not begin or culminate with our individual lives. No, this is a story of God's pursuit of humanity. It's as if he paints every sunrise, every sunset, flips every wave, and supports every tall standing tree in order to capture our attention. Creation is a dazzling show of his glory, a divine artwork which leads us to him. In capturing our attention and pointing us toward him, he is glorified. The second chapter of Hosea reads, Therefore, behold, I will allure her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. In that day, declares the, war, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and then you will know the Lord. So when we stand in awe of creation, in gratitude of the good gifts that he gives, and the good works that he performs, we bring glory to his name. Second, God pursues us through our emotional capacity. He allows us to feel the world around us in a way specific to humans and distinct from any other created animal. He intricately designed our brains with something called the limbic system. It's the emotional processing center of our brain. It includes the amygdala, hippocampus, thalamus, and hypothalamus, all of which allow us to experience love, fear, and pain. What's saddening is that when humans, myself included, experience discomfort or trial with the world, we can cope by numbing ourselves and our emotions. We become withheld from our human experience and from the world around us. We become afraid to let our emotions take effect. Maybe you run away, you divert your attention and focus into productivity, maybe you hide. We stand stiff, even when worship is emotionally moving. We withhold tears in the face of sadness. We explain our needs away by saying we are strong, independent women and men who don't need, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But since God has designed our human experience and specifically given us this emotional processing center, it is not glorifying to him when we run away from our emotions. When we numb our senses with online feeds, binge seasons of TV, or chase countless Insta hashtag life goals. He has created you to need and be affected by community. To feel a desire for belonging and significance and to fully embrace your humanness. How? 
by following in his righteous way. It was, in fact, Jesus Christ who endured an incredibly rich, emotional human experience on the cross, resulting in hematidrosis, the process of capillaries breaking and mixing with sweat droplets, forming sweaty blood due to emotional distress, as described by St. Luke, who was a physician. So God is a seeker. He is the bridegroom who pursues us through his glorious creation and through our ability to be impacted by the world through our emotion. Since our human experience is a gift designed by God, how can we best steward it? We steward the gift of the human experience best when we actively pursue him back. You are not responsible to win his attention earn his desire for you, or cultivate some type of image of yourself that is attractive to him. He's already both actively and patiently pursuing you. You are only held accountable for pursuing him back. The divine husband is seeking a bride that reaches back to meet him, to meet his gaze that is already looking down upon you, looking across from you. Psalm 14, 2 says, The Lord looks from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, to see if there are any who seek him. This is the very purpose of life, to respond to God's pursuit of us, to respond to the one who became flesh and blood and died so that we could be with him in heaven. His desire for us, which he lavishly shows, is embedded in his character with a strength that is more demanding than the grave of Jesus. When we stand in awe of him, when we accept his proposal into love, into heaven, we let his love overcome our grave as well. This is the power of the will that he gives us. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. So we can pursue him because he pursues us. Our hearts burn for his because his heart burns for ours. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you that you are doing the work. Thank you that we can't earn you. Thank you that you are always, always more than enough for us. That you reach out because you know that we are often unable and often unwilling to reach back. So here's your benediction. Psalm 8, 4, O Lord, what is man and woman, that you are mindful of them. And yet Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord our God is in our midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over us with gladness. He will quiet us by his love, and he will exult over us with loud singing. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us today. 
We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.